Hey, it's actually recording. Okay, cool. Ah! Okay, welcome back to another episode of the Big B Experience Podcast. We are your hosts. I am Brian. I'm Cody. And this has been a doozy. This is our like fifth time trying to get this thing to record. Um, today we have my cousin Mitch. Yeah, who's <laughs> lawyer? Or I went to law school. Gosh dang it! Got Kanye up death row. Ha! I haven't heard that joke before. All right, Mitch, how you doing, man? I'm doing all right. How are you guys? <laughs> we're, we're getting there. All right. For the uh, third time, uh, why'd, you, why'd you want to go to law school, man? Um, so I was finishing up undergrad, yep. and I was thinking about what I wanted to do. And my, my degree was in finance, and I didn't know uh, really what I wanted to do. And so I was thinking about different options, and uh, I actually finished up my undergrad a semester early, so I was done in December. Uh a few years ago, and I figured, well, if I'm going to go to law school, I don't want to sit around and wait for a whole semester, so I want to find somewhere that had a, a January start for their program. The Washburn in Topeka had it, uh, so I ended up going there and, you know, having family in town and stuff it was nice, and uh, yeah, that's kind of how I decided to do that. It's like that path of least resistance, I guess that's how it's kind of sounded to me. Like, I guess that's kind of why I stayed in grad school also is because I just didn't want life to happen. Like, I just wanted to keep staying there because I was like, what the hell am I going to do with my life? Like, I don't know what job or anything I'm going to go after. Yeah, it, it kind of seems like a good opportunity. You know, you can be in a holding pattern, try to figure things out. You know, you got a couple years, but, uh, you know, at the same time, you're also bettering yourself. You know, you're, you're yeah. doing mm-hmm. something, you're not just sitting around waiting. So, uh, yeah, you know, it's kind of a win-win-lose, and the lose is you got to pay for it. So, <laughs> you know. Law school's not cheap, I've heard of it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's a funny way to put it. Win, win, and lose. The only lose is paying for it. So you said on our first recording that you you decided to do law also because you were it was just it sounded interesting to you. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of weird, but growing up, my mom, I remember her saying a couple times, you know, you like to argue so much, why don't you become a lawyer? Um, <laughs> and I, that's really not necessarily what lawyers do all the time but it was something that kind of stuck with me uh so i just kind of always thought about it you know that's cool no because that's at me with our like between like you and my parents we know you as like having very intelligent debates and talks yeah i mean i i I try to not be an idiot most of the time (laughs) (laughs) right on man that's a good way to look at life so okay what what are you actually doing right now? What is your job? Uh, I'm working for a bank. Uh, I'm in the compliance department, so we look at you know different stuff, uh, making sure different advertisements and things for the bank uh, meet all the requirements, regulations, and then uh, also things like anti money laundering stuff like that. Okay. Um, make sure the terrorists don't win. You know they don't get money to fund all their stuff. And, <laughs> Uh, drug trafficking and stuff like that. So just kind of keeping an eye on uh, different transactions, to make sure the money's not sketchy. I guess. Cow, I didn't even. I didn't know like that existed. As is a that point. like a part of law? Then, like, do you need a law degree to have that job? You don't. You don't need it. But I mean, so far, doing some of some of the stuff, it, it seems like it's kind of helpful having yeah. a background and uh, kind of knowing how to research things and stuff could be useful. But it's definitely not a like a job requirement. Gotcha. What what would be what's your like what's your ultimate career goal with law? You know, that's the thing. You know, people ask me that and 
the way he worded it was, what's your ultimate career goal with law? Well, I don't know that the law part of it is necessarily anything that I really want to do long term. Gotcha. Um, it's it's kind of well, how do I put this? You know, having having a law degree, you know, gives you a lot of exposure and background to some different things. You know, research, um, being able to read regulations and things. So, for me, I guess kind of once I got into law school, I never really wanted to practice law. You know, uh, a lot of people when they get out of law school, they go they go litigate, they go to sport. You know, they they deal with clients and they do this and that. And to me, it's kind of like, well, I don't, it's kind of high pressure. And I, I don't want people's, you know, potential freedom on on my, you know, on my plate. I don't want to have to, you know, if I mess up and somebody goes to jail, well, you know, Damn. I don't want that to happen. That's a lot of pressure. Yeah. So that, that's never something that I really wanted to do. So I guess long-term career-wise, um, I mean, I'm interested in banking. You know, that's what I'm, I'm trying to do, I guess, and uh, I guess kind of stay in this compliance field and see where where it takes me. Dude, that's really that's a yeah, that's an interesting way to like look at a degree. Yeah, it's pretty honorable to yeah, cool. go about it the way you're going about it too. So, Mitch, yeah. why uh, why the banking stuff? Then why does that interest you? Um, you know, it's kind of one of those things that you get barely exposed to it in school. And then you think about it, and you're like, no, oh, let's not necessarily let's just give it a try. Let's look into it and see what there is. So uh, I took some white-collar crime courses, which talked about money laundering and things like that. And uh, it just it, it seemed interesting, you know, something that I was like, well, you know, you never – you see it on TV, you know. It's like, uh, you know, Pablo Escobar watching Narcos, you know, he's laundering money and dealing with all that. But, you know, that happens in real life. There's, there's – so much smaller stuff than that. There's so much, you know, just small pieces and small people doing things. And uh, it's just interesting to kind of be, I guess, somewhat semi-involved in that without having to deal with any of the crazy stuff that's going on. Yeah. I can only imagine. Do you know the, the show Trafficked? You heard I did not. It's on National Geographic. I'm going to butcher the woman's name. I think it's like Maria or something. But she's like a on-the-ground journalist that is um, going undercover to like um, how see how like drugs are distributed and laundered and black markets. And I don't know. I feel like it would be something that you'd be interested to watch. And she also yeah. has a podcast too. But yeah, you just made me think of that. <laughs> yeah, it does sound interesting. Dude, I don't, think I, I don't think I've ever met someone that is like interested in that kind of stuff. No, it sounds scary. <laughs> yeah, it does. It does. I mean, it's day to day. I, I, I mean, I'm not sitting here like tracking down any kind of drug dealers or anything like that. I mean, it's 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 very. From I mean, I've only been there a couple months doing this, and so far there there hasn't really been any of that, uh, any of the actual you know interesting stuff going on. It's it's more just been looking at paperwork and looking at different you know. People come in and they have weird transactions that don't really fit with what they normally do, and so you, you try to figure out why why are they doing these transactions, sort of thing. So it's it's there hasn't been anything that's popped up that's been like, oh man, that's crazy, you know. Uh, it's just been kind of normal stuff so far. Gotcha. Has it ever ha- like happened there? Like, have you had, heard any stories from your other coworkers? I, I don't think anything too crazy. I mean, I, I think there's been 
you know, kind of normal crime, you know, stuff that comes in and people are using funds for different things, but I don't think there's been any like huge, huge things. Yeah. Gosh, I would just dream of something like that happening. Like, <laughs> Come on, give me someone good. That's interesting, man. <laughs> yeah. So, okay, I guess we're going to take a left turn now. <laughs> kind of, because I, I like your political conversations that I've had with you. Um, so this, this is kind of in lieu of what happened at the, uh, the, build, the Capitol, Capitol. The, other, the other day. Jeez, the, the building. The building. <laughs> so I guess the first part is, what are your thoughts on how polarized our politics are today? And then how it potentially led to what happened at the Capitol the other day. Well, I mean, I guess the first thing you got to say when when this topic is brought up, specifically in regards to the Capitol the other day, yeah, those people are nuts, you know? Yeah. I don't think there's anybody out there besides, you know, the I don't want to say a handful of people, but the probably a couple thousand people who were there who were, like, supporting that, you know? Mm-hmm. I don't think there's anybody who's like, oh, man... I wish they had, you know, somehow succeeded. I don't know what they would have succeeded in. I don't, it, it didn't appear they had a plan. They're trying to do <laughs> cause chaos. They kind of got in there like, well, that would have been good, you know, but <laughs> it's it just, I, I don't know. It is very polarized. It's very, I don't know. It, it's it's kind of, you, you sit here and we're at this point, but how do we get here? I don't know. <laughs> you know, we're all fairly young. You know, we've been, experiencing this stuff for probably the past eight, 12 years, the last three presidential, you know, cycles. Mm-hmm. Uh, but before that, we were probably too young to really think about it. So, mm-hmm. you know, before our time, was it this polarized? I would say probably not, but it probably wasn't a whole lot better. I'd probably uh, say it was just social media ramped it up and it allowed yeah. people to be polarized. Oh, I mean, yeah, definitely. It's, it's you're you're one way or you're the other. There's no compromise. There's no in between. There's no you can't. It, it seems like now you can't even be friends with somebody, you know, on the other side of the aisle because something's going to pop up in the news and you're going to try to talk about it and mm-hmm. things are going to get heated and friendships are going to get hurt. And that's stupid because you know if we don't have a dialogue from both sides, we're not going to get anywhere. Mm-hmm. And it just seems like that's kind of what it's heading towards. And I don't know. I don't think that's a good thing. Uh, but I don't know what we what we do about it, you know? Yeah, that's what really frustrates me is the thing of where friendships get ruined just because you have a different opinion. Because you don't, you don't learn if you don't listen to the other person's thoughts. Mm-hmm. It just drives me yeah. insane when people start yelling at each other for no reason. Yeah. And, you know, something I've seen, just I don't use Facebook a whole lot, but, you know, you're on there and, Back a few months ago, when things were a lot heated, more heated with you know like the BLM stuff, and mm-hmm. uh, people would post something on Facebook that says, "Oh well, if you don't, if you don't, you know, agree with this, just unfriend me now because I don't want to be your friend." Yeah, that kind of stuff. And that's that's dangerous, man. Because at some point, okay, let me back up. If right. somebody's out there spewing hate or saying, you know, marginalizing people directly and saying terrible things, okay. Go ahead, unfriend them. Nobody needs to be dealing with those kind of people. But if, if somebody's just sharing a, a different opinion and you're saying, oh, unfriend me, I don't want to talk to you anymore, mm-hmm. well, then where are we? Because if we can't have a conversation, then we're not going to do anything. Yeah. You know, we're not going to get anywhere, anywhere. We're not going to solve any problems. Um, and I think that's where it seems to be heading, and I think that's dangerous. I agree. 
wholeheartedly with just that. Just people in their ways, just not wanting to change at all. You know what I think is kind of weird, though, <clears throat> about these people that stormed the building? Is that I think this kind of chaos is actually bringing people, like, closer. Like, they're kind of realizing that, hey, this is, like, kind of crazy. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, I agree. Like, it was finally, like, the last step to, like, um, make everyone, like, uniform. Mm-hmm. Like, that, now they're, like, realizing, oh, like, we need yeah. to do something. Like, this is what media can do. This is what, like, really polarized ideas can cause. Because it's, for the most, I feel like the majority of people would be like, what happened is pretty disgusting. And it's kind of embarrassing. It's a kind of, no, it's really embarrassing yeah, yeah, yeah. what happened. But um, I don't know. Do you think that uh, Trump needs to be out of office, even though there's only like 10 more days? Um, I don't know. That's a tough one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's uh, a I, you know, I'm not some kind of great political mind or anything. Uh, you know, I've got my opinions and I'm sure you guys do too. And everybody does, but it's it's kind of just for me it's i haven't i haven't seen you know i haven't heard the recordings of him before it happened uh you know people say he was inciting violence i don't know uh if that's fully true or not you know he making a comment and saying something is one thing but saying hey go do this specific action is another thing yeah um if he did something more in line with go do this specific action and that directly led to that, then, you know, that's kind of your option. Uh, with there being 10 or 11 days, whatever left, you know, if, if something happens, that'll be the fastest the government, the federal government's got anything done ever. You know, <laughs> It's not something <laughs> maybe it could happen I don't know it just to me it doesn't seem feasible and I don't know if it actually is up to a standard of you know actually inciting anything but I don't know I haven't, I haven't listened to it I haven't seen the whole thing it could be uh, I don't know uh, if it happens it'd be pretty crazy um, yeah I mean there's, there's the impeachment part but there's a 25th amendment uh, part which is just I guess removal from office I'm not exactly sure the mechanism of how that works but uh, it, it's pretty wild, you know. Uh, they said I think the last time the Capitol had been breached was 1814. Yeah, like during the war uh, or something. Yeah, <laughs> during the war 1812, which was not just during 1812, so that's a bit of a misnomer. But anyway, it's that's crazy. That's 200 something years, uh, and it just it just happened. Yeah, it was uh, our own people this time. <laughs> And it looked like they were just waved in. Like, what's up with that? That's a little conspiratorial well, okay. to me. All right, all right. We can talk about that because... <laughs> I think, yeah, man. Because so my girlfriend used to live in D.C. Mm-hmm. And she she was telling us, like, even on a normal day, it's impossible to get into that building because there's so much security. And then you got, like, these people just running around doing whatever. So I'm just like, how, like, how did that happen? I've heard a couple things on this. So I've heard that... And I, I don't... I don't know the truth. I don't claim to be, you know, correct in these. I'm just saying this whatever. So what I've heard is that the, I don't know if it's the mayor of D.C. or something, said, well, we don't need extra people. Well, there's a difference between extra people and, like, no people. <laughs> so a lot of people are saying, you know, they're seeing these video clips of, like, the police moving barricades and backing up and stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, what I heard about that was that's that's normal procedure. If you're in like a riot situation, and again, I don't know, I'm not a police officer, I don't know. 
But from what I've heard is that can be a normal thing. You know, you're getting overwhelmed in one area. You start moving your barricades back to kind of fortify a different area. I don't know. I mean, it's it's kind of one of those things where they said, oh, well, the cops, they just, they just let them in. Well, okay, what, you know, what are they supposed to do? If they're getting beat, you know, they're trying to come in the door and they're getting beat and they're getting, you know, hit with stuff and whatever, you just got to stand there the whole time? At some point, you're going to get overrun. <laughs> why, why keep letting yourself get hurt? I don't know. That's just kind of the way I see it. I think uh, that's a really good point. But the whole thing, I think, starts with, like, like why was there not more? Because, like, what was happening was a pretty big deal. Like, you had a lot of big wigs all in the same building, and you knew that the state of, like, politics in the country are tense. So I was like... Why would the mayor say that it wasn't necessary? Because I feel like it would be definitely necessary. Because there's already a crowd, there's a huge crowd in front of the building. Like, our, we already knew about that. Mm-hmm. But then, why would you not prepare for something like that to happen? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I mean, it, it seems like quite the oversight. Um, I don't know. I mean, maybe in the coming, it's only been, what, like, like three days or something since then. Mm-hmm. Maybe okay. in the coming days or weeks, we'll, we'll get more information. I'm sure, you know, a cop died, so... There's going to be some kind mm-hmm. of investigation or inquiry or something. Somebody's going to have to look into it and come up with answers, I would think. Um, and when that happens, I guess we'll see if there anything comes out about why, you know, why wasn't there more people around to, to help or why wasn't there, uh, you know, a better plan in place. I don't know. Uh, I guess we'll find out. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Are you pretty trusting in the system? The system, like the, like the law system? side. Like, do you are you are you, are you trusting in it? I mean, sure, yeah. Why not? You know, if if you don't trust the system, then what do you have? What can you trust in? You know, that's a really good point. I guess yeah. that's the easiest that's way to it. answer that. That is like the most direct way you can possibly answer that question. It's. I mean, I don't think anything with the system as a whole is perfect, but no, you know, there's there's different countries around the world around the world with different types of governments, and I think a really good argument can be made that we have a very effective uh, government, and compared to a lot of places, our government is pretty good. You know, it's, it's not great. It's arguably slow and bloated in certain regards but it works you know uh, more than probably a lot of other governments do maybe like look at a big picture compared to like all the other countries in the world it's it's very good compared to like like dictatorships and all that stuff i would hope so yeah 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 i mean we we have rights you know we have a bill of rights we have human rights that are you know people can say oh well certain groups or communities don't have rights well you know we're working on that i would say as as a country but don't also at the same time as you're as you're fighting for these things don't lose sight of how bad these things are in other places Mm -hmm. you know um you know i'm not saying people are always treated fairly but i'm saying they're treated a lot more fairly than some other places that's all yeah i guess that's fine because you, you can trust in the system but there's people that obviously will corrupt it but like overall the system works 
Right. Because that, that's because you got you asked that yesterday, like, do I believe in science or trust in science? I'm like, yeah, I trust in science, but there's still going to be like egotistical people that mm-hmm. want to corrupt it or anything like that. I just every time I hear people talk about science, you guys watch It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. I've seen it, but I haven't watched like the whole thing. Did you say Always Sunny in Philadelphia? The what? Did you say? Are you talking about the show Always yeah. Sunny in Philadelphia? Yeah. Oh, yeah. dude, I love that show. <laughs> the one where Max says, you know, science is a liar sometimes. Yeah, and he's talking about Galileo and stuff, and we all know that those guys, you know, they contribute greatly to science, but they're also wrong about a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, it's it's at the same time, it's, it's like Max says in the show, they were the smartest guys in their time. Yeah, but now we think, well, they didn't know so much. How do we know that we're not the smartest? Not us, but the scientists are the smartest guys of our time, and they're going to be proven wrong later. We don't know that, you know. It's really good point. Uh, so I'm, I'm not saying. I don't want to just say science of the Blake is is wrong or anything. I'm just saying, how do we know it's right? That's no, seriously, dude. This is ironic because yeah, we literally talked about this last night. Is that yeah. nothing is proven to 100? Nope. percent Even gravity. That's it's it's a theory. It's not proven right. to 100. percent Ah, love it. <laughs> <laughs> but then again, we have a system to do things. We have a system yep. to test things. We have a system to, uh, yeah. But it can be corrupted by whatever individual. And I love that comparison. Is we might have the smartest people, but like just like go back a, a couple hundred years, whatever they were doing scientifically to the regular community looked like witchcraft and magic. Yeah, I feel like you kind of need that because I think that's why the system works because it, it gives you those building blocks that they set, mm-hmm. and then for us, although they go, we'll start analyzing like what they were doing, and then that's how we figure out that they were technically wrong. Yeah, and then I guarantee that's going to be like that when people start looking at our generation in the future. So. Yeah. Oh, yeah, cool. All right, man, you're up next, I think. My my question? Yeah, so yeah, because that was a political one. Yeah, all right, yeah, you're up. This is a totally another, like, oh, up to answer. Dude, <laughs> bitch, I was going to text you prematurely about this one because I'm freaking pumped and I, yeah, I can't wait to see your insight on this. So, Mitch, Brian told me that you're pretty interested in uh, craft beer. Yeah. Oh, this isn't the one I'm super pumped for. Oh, the, I'm so excited for this yeah, one. Yeah, I'm talking about number yeah, three. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um. So, uh, what made you get like start drinking craft beer? Like, what was the the turning point in your life? Like, wanting to try a variety of different beers. Well, okay, I've I've had friends, I think, semi jokingly call me a hoarder, right? A hoarder. <laughs> and, and this this comes into it. Let me let me explain. So, I have I have stuff, right? Like, I have not like crazy amounts of just stuff, but I have stuff, right? Like. A lot of, like, a good example is I have an old scuba tank. Do I scuba? No. <laughs> but it's, like, it's kind of a cool thing to have. Maybe one day, like, I've seen people make them out, you know, make lamps out of them and stuff. That'd be cool. So I have it, right? <laughs> I, I got it for, like, five bucks. It's got air yeah. in it. It's a scuba tank. Do I need it? No, but I have it. I like to have things, right? <laughs> so it kind of plays into, with, with the beer, I like to collect them uh i guess collect the memories attached to them you know the flavors the things i can remember about them so you know i actually have a excel spreadsheet with i don't know how many it's going on two thousand different beers i've had (laughs) two thousand yeah oh man and i mean it's been i'm you know been of drinking age for over five years 
So, you know, I mean, that sounds bad. 2000 to five years. Of, of, I mean, you know, five years a bit, a But, you know, I I don't count, or I do count, like, you know, if I if I just get a little sip of something's beer or something. So it's not like I'm sitting there drinking whole bottles or something like that after all. But anyway, mm-hmm. I like I like experiencing different flavors, varieties, um, and keeping track of them. It's just something that interests me. I don't know why. Uh, you know, it's also something you kind of have fun with. Uh, you know, you can talk to different people, make friends. It is a very uh, good talking point, like when you're just chilling at a, at a bar. Mm-hmm. It's just cool talking about the different flavors and uh, intensities and how strong the beer is and all that kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, it's that's a that's an interesting thing to bring up because I agree with that, and I think a lot of people agree with that. But there's some people who are like, dude, shut up, you pretentious yep. beer snob. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. It's, it's weird. I don't know. So what's on this Excel sheet then? Like, what do you what do you document on it? I document the brewer, like the the company, the specific beer, and then the ABV, and that's it. Okay, so you don't do like but, description of it? No, um, I I mean I would like to at some point, but it's I've had it for so long. Um, it just for me, if I was going to start adding descriptions or start adding like. Uh, not necessarily rankings, but how I like it or something. Uh, it would take too much time to go back to do all of them, and I would want to do that. So yeah, maybe one day I'll do that. But right now, I'm I'm good to just have those three things on there. Do you not have Untapped the app? I do. Um, I've got I don't know how many check-ins on there. Not anywhere near two thousand. Yeah. Uh, I got it a long time ago, like in 2016 or something, but I hadn't used it really until last year. Okay. Um, and then I kind of, I've quit using it. I like it, but it's kind of, it's easier for me to just go on my phone. I have just a note on my phone that I keep track of them on, and then every like month or two, I'll put them into the Excel sheet. I got you. It's just easier for me to go on a note and type it out real quick. And uh, I mean, I like Untapped. I definitely get on Untapped if I, you know, I'm at the store and I see something new and I want to, find out more about it that's get on untapped and look it up yeah it is uh, that. Yeah, it gives like descriptions of it huh. yeah it's descriptions and different people's ratings and you can mm-hmm. see people around you have tried it um it's, it's pretty cool it's a good i know a lot of people are really really into it and actually really uh get a lot out of it and really build a community uh, so that's you know that's cool yeah i like it a lot because i use untapped i just started getting into like trying different beers and probably what we probably did this last couple of years. Yeah. Probably really got into it. And I like it because you can like take a picture of the beer. So for me, it's nice to like see what it looks like. And then yeah. that way I can like rate it. And then you can have like little descriptions, like how smooth it was, how dark, or if it was hoppy or anything like that. So I really like it. Yeah. Well, after this, we'll get each other's names and we can, do that. I always, I always forget you can add. What's your name? <laughs> Who, Who are you? Are you? <laughs> Who am I talking to? Untapped means, all right. <laughs> oh, I got you. So I didn't mean like, I didn't mean like. What am I on this call? What? <laughs> <laughs> are we related? Are we? The. Uh, so would you be able to look at your list and like randomly point out one and like kind of remember what the beer was? Uh, probably. Uh, I mean. Not any of the super old ones or super like random obscure ones, but 
probably, I mean, for the most part, I could probably tell you what I remember about it. Uh, I, I like to, I think part of why I like trying different beers, and I might have said this, but you can, at- I don't know if you can attach memories to it or the memories mm-hmm. just oh, get sure. attached to it sometimes. Uh, so that's just something. I mean, I think if I look through my list, I could find definitely a hand, more than a handful and be able to tell you where I was, what I was doing mm-hmm. and tell you about it. So, I mean, that's, that's part of why I keep the list also. It's just maintaining the memories and, you know, you can go through it and see kind of if you remember anything and why you liked it and why you didn't like it or whatever. So it's just, it's interesting. I like that. I like that a lot. I never even, I don't know, put thought to the emotional impact that it could have because it could. I mean, it definitely oh, does. Yeah. Yeah. I have, yeah. If, if I were to go on untapped, there's a couple where I probably wouldn't remember it because it's, I'd be like chilling at home, drinking it by myself. But they're the ones that I've traveled to like actually go to and drink. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I, I know exactly where I was, like how it tasted, like my first yeah. sip of it. So it's kind of cool. How it's kind of like music. We we kind of talked about oh, that. Oh yeah, definitely. Like how music triggers memories. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Mitch, have you been out of the country? I have. I uh, I went to Germany and Austria uh, in high school. I've been to Mexico a couple times. Oh, so you went in high school. Dang it. So are are you able to? <laughs> can, can you compare like European beers to American? Yeah, I mean, yeah. So I would say. When I went to Germany, I was 15, right? Mm. Legal drinking age of 16. Is it really? <laughs> it is. For beer and wine, yeah. and then liquor is 18. So. Weird. <laughs> I, when you're at home with your, like, host family, you're, when you're having dinner, and you're 15, you're allowed to have a beer, right? Nobody's going to care, right? It's fine. Uh, I'm not saying it's necessarily a good thing or whatever, but it happens and it's fine. Okay. So, I mean, I definitely had a couple of beers over there and I was fine. So I, I did have one that I really liked and I'll, I'll go ahead and name drop real quick. It's called Hoffmuhl Hell and Hell in German just means light. Um, so it's just their standard beer. You know, just from this little town we were in, in, in Bavaria. Uh, I don't really think they distribute outside of the town much or anything. It's, it's pretty small, but it's, you know, it's, Maybe regional, I would say. Mm-hmm. And it's just a normal, normal German lager. And it was, it, again, it might have been part of the memory thing. You know, I'm, I'm having such a good time with my friends and I'm experiencing new things. And then I try this beer and that's all kind of wrapped into the experience. But mm-hmm. also, it was just good. It was fresh. It was clean. It was, you know, I think the brewery, if I remember correctly, was like from like the 1400s. Oh my gosh. Oh man, that's, that's cool. cool. So, you know, you got a five, six hundred year old brewery. They've been doing it the same way for probably the majority of that time. They know what they're doing and they make a quality product. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, and just so I guess, I guess the freshness and the memories made that probably my favorite beer. Um, and I, I think you asked the difference between European and American. Well, I would say the big thing with, with European beers in general is, you know, I was going to say Europe's been around longer than America, but I guess that's not technically true. But in terms of maybe beer society, beer culture, I don't know. Uh, you know, there's some breweries from Europe that are hundreds, 
there's one, uh, what's it called? I think Weinstefaner from Germany. They're going on a thousand years old. What? Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. And you can buy their beer here. Okay. Um, was that probably any liquor store around here? Um, and it says on there like world's oldest brewery. It's got the year on there. It's like ten something, <laughs> ten forty maybe. Jesus. So, yeah, it's wild. But I guess the whole thing with European styles is they're more you know they're established. Uh, some people, I guess, maybe myself would call them more basic in general. But then you get into some of like the Belgian stuff and the crazy Trappist stuff and different things with a lot more spicy notes and things. And they get kind of crazy. But I think in America, you get a lot of like IPA type styles, things with a lot of hops, things with a lot of experimental things in them. You know, I had the other, uh, it was probably a couple of weeks ago, I got a, um, it was a, a dogfish head. It was a dogfish head. What was it called? But it was like a it was like a s'mores beer. Oh, was it? Uh, a... they put real graham crackers, I guess, in it, and like marshmallows. I don't know. Is it a stout? Good. <laughs> it sounds good, but I, yeah. I can't imagine like so- I'm imagining like soggy graham cracker. <laughs> <beer. Just walking laughs> I don't think uh, it wasn't like it wasn't lumped in it. You know, <laughs> yeah, it, but... uh, yeah, I can imagine. It's like a Blizzard beer. Like you go to freaking Dairy Queen. Yeah, yeah man. <laughs> That's that's one of my that's one of my goals eventually in my life is to start with America, and just go across the the country and hit up the breweries that I want, and then go to Europe and do the same thing. That'd be cool. That'd be a long trip. It would be like uh, maybe awesome in the U.S. It's called Brew Trail, oh. and you can you can pick a state and it pops up with all the different breweries in that state, and it's got you can pick uh, if they do tours, if they do tastings. Things like that, so you can like plan, and then you can get like a Google map around to them. Uh, so it's pretty useful if you're going to do something like that, uh, like on a road trip type thing. That is cool, dude. That is really cool. That'd what was awesome. that called? Brew Trail. Brew Trail. Brew Trail. Yeah. Yeah, I want to write that down. That's really cool. Yeah, dude. I like what you said just about the European beers. Is that they're like they're not as like flavor. Okay, not it's not like they don't have flavor, but they're not as like like here you can get a s'more stout. But like there, it's more like you're gonna drink something that's smooth and crisp, but it has a high alcohol content. But it's just nice and smooth. Classic. It's, mm-hmm. it's classic, yeah. Because I mean, I'm sure I'm sure there are places in Europe that are doing crazy things like they are over here too. But mm-hmm. I think when most people think European beer, they think of like a German lager or uh, you know something like that. So or like a Belgian. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. No, that's what I remember most, man. Bel- the beers that we drank in Belgium were – honestly, though, I'm liking how you're, you're telling the story too is that it may not be like the world's best beer, but you might have had the best time while drinking that beer. So therefore, to you, it's like the best beer in the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I feel like that's what yeah. happened to us in Belgium. Like we just had a great time. Granted, the beer was good, but it was just so like, – it wasn't just like the flavor – like it wasn't like flavorful. It was just so easy to drink. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just a memory probably behind it too. Just yeah, awesome. Oh man, I don't want to go back to this. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, okay, hold on. Before we go there, what you, what would do you have a favorite beer? Oh, yeah, I guess we could ask that. Uh, I mean, it did probably be that one, the Hoffman Hell. Cool. Um, again, because of memories, but you know, it's it's kind of 
it, it can be situational too. You know, if you're if you're sitting around and it's fall and you're going to go see some friends and like go to a bonfire, you can have like a favorite sitting with friends in the fall bonfire beer. You know, yep, yep. that's kind of the way I think about it. You know, you can have a favorite. It's hot outside. It's the middle of summer. I'm outside doing something and I want to cool off beer. You know, that's a good point, that's man. About it. That is a very good point. I feel like Stella is a good cool off beer. Sound like your dad. Yeah. Dude, I, and that's probably why I'm saying it. Cause... Mine's Landshark for that. Like a hot day. Yeah? You ever had Landshark? Yeah. Landshark to me is like a non-skunked Corona. Yeah. It's true though, man. <laughs> yeah. it, it doesn't have like the smell behind it. What was that yeah. What was that beer we had at Town Royal? You remember what that was called? Oh, no, man. I don't know what you're talking about, though. Because I feel like the way that you're explaining Landshark, it, it kind of sounds the same. Like, yeah, I wish I, I wish I knew what it was called. Yeah, that sucks. But it was good. It was like we were explaining like it was a high-end, classy Corona. Yeah, it was way better than Corona, I thought. Interesting. No, I like that. It's definitely situational because it's hard. Even like for anything, like movies, music, like games even. They're yeah. situational. They're, they're environmental. They're seasonal. Yep. Yeah. I'm trying to think of a ridiculous scenario for like what would be – what beer would fit this scenario? <laughs> You're at a Kansas City Chiefs tailgate in cutoff jean shorts. <laughs> Why cut off jean shorts? You got to fit the pillow. Oh. Yeah. Okay. What, what beer is fitting that stage? Uh, I don't know. I mean, probably you want something drinkable. You want something, I mean, high enough in, in an ABV that you're going to have a good time at your tailgate, but not that you're going to, you know, slump over on the ground. Uh, I mean, a good, is it warm out? You got jean yes. shorts on, so it's warm enough out. It's warm. You know, maybe a good, Good IPA or like, uh, I don't know. You don't want anything too expensive though either. You're just hanging out. You're not trying to like. Because it's got to be a can. Uh-huh. Is this does this have high IBUs or is it lower? I'd say I'd say heavy lower. I feel that's what I would say. I'd say mid range because you want you want a little 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 bite on the tongue, but you don't want anything crazy. And if you're too low, <laughs> yeah, I think. Personally, it can get a little not dangerous, but you might you might have oh. too many because you're like yep. oh, so drinkable. Yeah, you, know, you want a little something there reminding you, hey, slow down, look out. You know, it's funny if you ask like someone who doesn't really like craft beer, the first thing they would say is like Bud Light. Dude, okay, that's why <laughs> with this, I gave it like a very like typical yeah. like I'm gonna get Bush Latte like yeah. kind of situation, but he actually went in. Yeah, well, like <laughs> he said IPA. <laughs> <laughs> he gave his reasoning. He broke it down. You gotta have some. Hey, have you had so thought spiral? What what's the beer that's four twenty? What is that? Is that do, that's not Dogfish Head? The the black label with the fish bones on it. Yes. Sweetwater. Yes. Uh, the one that you have. Yes. Yeah, yeah, there was like orange Kush. But that <laughs> dude, that was that was a weird freaking beer, man. Weird beer, but that's exactly what you're saying. Is like I like that beer because it would remind you that the, like the flavors in your mouth mouth and you can't drink it too fast and too frequently. Like you yeah. have to take a sip and wait a little bit for the flavor to like die down and then be able to take another sip. Yeah. It's you a know, pacer beer. I remember that exact night too, just cause it was so interesting. Yeah. That taste. Have you had that Mitch? Oh yeah. They have, they have, I think uh, over time they've had, I think three or four different types of that. Mm-hmm. They had the, the mango one or something, yeah, some kind of fish. orange letters on it. <laughs> Uh, and then they had a white, there's one with a white label on it too. Hmm. 
I think they've had three or four. I think I, well, I can tell you. Let me pull up my list here. Yeah, <laughs> get through that 2000, man. That's going to take like years <laughs> to go through them. No, because I know uh, Ethan, Ethan drinks that quite a bit. Does he? Yeah. yeah. I'm glad that Ethan's getting into this. Oh, yeah, big time. Have you seen his fridge in his uh, garage? Not lately. Oh, you'd think it's beautiful. It's just different craft yeah. beers? Be or awesome. at least the last time I saw it. It was loaded with IPAs and craft beers. So it looks like I've got three of those. There was a strain G13. There was a mango one, and there was a chocolate. Chocolate was the white so it was chocolate with the oh the interesting stuff, I think chocolate Maybe. with the marijuana taste. I just don't see that, <laughs> but it works. See, that's what's weird about this beer is that it has that flavor, yeah, it but is. yet it's tasty. Like you want to drink it. It's weird. It is strange, man. So, well, and did they did they achieve that flavor just with hops? I mean, they would have that's, to. That's what I'm wondering, man. Like that, it's because it tastes such like that like it, it smells, how do you know <laughs> i mean i just kind of gave away myself but it, it's crazy because it's very it's just identical it is it's weird well i think i think hops and weed aren't they in the same plant family or something i don't know i'm not a scientist look the same, so that's all i'm going with yeah i couldn't tell you i have no idea but that's a good question like is it achieved with just hops like how are they getting that flavor it's interesting it's gotta be i mean you couldn't sell that in kansas mm-hmm Dude, no, I want to research that. I'm going to look that up later. I'll text you about it. Like, I'll figure out what I found. <laughs> All right. Dude, okay. Back to your question. <laughs> so I, since since you have this, at least this law background, I wanted to know, because we were kind of talking about this last night too. Oh, yeah. What do you think of uh, content removal on social media? Um, it's very dangerous. That's what I think. No. Um, but they have the legal right to do it, right? Like when you sign like up, private companies they can do whatever they want. Okay, okay. So that's clarified. Uh, the problem is that at some point, yes, Facebook is a, a company; they can do what they want. But when it's such a big platform, it's such a you know millions, billions, or whatever people are on there, they potentially get their news from there whether that's a good thing or bad they do uh you know that's that's a lot of people's connection to the world whether it's through choice or whether it's they don't have tv they don't have this or that that's how they connect to the world you know and again it you can't have a bunch of crazy people spouting off hate-filled mm-hmm. words but at the same time, you know, those people have just as much a right to say that as anybody else. Yeah. No. Because I think um, – oh, keep going. Sorry. You know, the, the First Amendment – well, and this is – a lot of people don't fully understand this – applies to the government limiting speech, not to private companies, not to people. So, you know, if you walk into Walmart hmm. where the shirt says, like, I hate – Enter group of people here, and they're like, "Ooh, I don't like that." Hey, you need to leave Walmart. And the person's going to start yelling about, "Well, I have First Amendment rights." Yeah, you do, but not when Walmart's you know taking them away. So Walmart can do whatever they want. Facebook can do whatever they want. Twitter can do whatever they want. 
I think there's a conversation that's happening about whether or not, I don't, I don't know the technical terms for these, but it's, it's basically from my understanding where if Facebook and Twitter and things like that can be considered, what it's like platforms or I don't know, something to where they could be held to standards of not just being able to do whatever they want. Yeah. But that's, that hasn't happened yet. So I guess to really answer your question, I think it's very dangerous. Mm-hmm. Um, in some cases, I don't think it's a bad thing necessarily, but mm-hmm. at the same time, if Facebook and Twitter, you know, they're pretty powerful, big, you know, conglomerates at this point, if they start doing this, at some point, what stops them from shutting down all speech on particular topics or yeah. from particular sides of an argument? No, um, and at that point, it can get dangerous, I would say. Mm-hmm. And already with what you're saying at the beginning is that uh, people people might even just be scared to say anything because they might be afraid of like losing their account or anything like that. So you're, it feels like people might already be feeling like they're walking on eggshells and they can't actually well, open up the way well, they want man, to. You know, a couple of hours ago, I texted you about this podcast and I said, hey, I can't get too crazy, too wild. I got to, you know. Mm-hmm. We got to watch what we say, which True. I didn't think we were going to get out of hand, but I just, I wanted to have that out there just in case, you know, because crazy stuff happens and mm-hmm. you say one thing and then you get fired or you say one thing and people come to your house and start, you know, doing crazy stuff like mm-hmm. crazy out there, man. You got to be careful in everything you do and you probably should, but it's, it's wild how you can make one little mistake, say one little thing and... That's it. Yeah. That has been because Ryan and I, we've, we've kind of talked about what kind of topics we want to discuss on this. And yeah. it, like, there's some things you just, you can't talk about because, like you said, it gets out there and that's it. Like, your mm-hmm. life is, it could be over potentially, like, what, about what you're talking about because the of that. the severity of, like, you know, oh, yeah. like, the conversation. But I think also what you were saying is that these companies are so big and that's where a lot of people are getting their information mm-hmm. and then if you allow these companies to censor whatever they think is necessary you're only getting one side and i think that's what's super dangerous it's like the news like have different sides on oh yeah whether the democrat yeah, or guess republican it's, yeah it's kind of similar yeah. yeah it's creepy it's really hard to get a, a balanced uh unbiased news source you know, I don't know where you would get that. Yeah, that's because true. everybody's got an agenda, whether they admit it or not. And it's it's crazy. No, that's a really good point, because that, that's what I was like. I went through a phase of like deleting all my social media, but I was like, I still kind of want to try to get some kind of news. So I re-downloaded Twitter and I followed I followed as many people I could from like both sides. So like I followed Trump and I followed Biden. And I follow just like Democrats and Republicans trying to get both sides, but it didn't help. Like it didn't give me like no, no help on information. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, once bias starts getting in there, it, it becomes non uh, reputable or is that the correct term? What'd you say? Not reputable if there's bias. So it's not like a accurate source of information. Oh, yeah. Reputable. Reputable. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. 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 It's- well, and it's like, Brian, you said, you know, you followed people from both sides, right? Mm-hmm. Well, if one side says 
X and the other says Y, and X and Y are the opposite, yeah, you're still getting both sides, but that doesn't get, get you to an answer. No. Nope. <laughs> still, like, not information that you need. <laughs> no. I think yeah. the, the best sources that I found are uh, journalists. So, Glenn, Glenn, Glenn Greenwald, the guy that um, helped Snowden reveal his story. Okay. Yeah, he. I follow him, and he seems like he's pretty non-biased with what he's reporting. Yeah. So, like, trying to find people like that, but that's it's freaking it's tough. hard. It's freaking like Mitch hard. was saying, it's pretty tough to find it these days. Yeah. Yeah. Because he's he's openly democratic, but he's not afraid to attack like horrible things, like not horrible things, attack probably unjust things that like Biden's doing or anything like that. Like just because his quarterback is Biden doesn't mean like he can't tear him down also. Yeah, so he's not afraid to, like, disagree with him? Yeah. No. And I think that's healthy. It is. Because, like, I feel like, okay, correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like when people, like, Republicans especially, like, they can agree that some things that Trump does, like, okay, politicians, Republican politicians, they'll agree that Trump is doing some, like, kind of bad things, but then they'll always maybe find, like, a justification or, like, some kind of loophole. Some kind of, like, excuse for him. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But but I think... At some level, everybody does that. Yeah, yeah, for that's sure. a good point. Um, I think, I mean, you can see like the events of this this week, what happened, and you can see most people aren't trying to justify those actions. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And at some point, you know, the leader can say something or some things periodically that are pretty out there. Uh, and people can try to justify him because they're like, well, in this setting or in this scenario, what he said was correct, right? Mm-hmm. But when it comes down to, quote, unquote, inciting a riot, then I don't think anybody's going to try to rationalize that. Yeah. So I would hope. Yeah, I mean, you never know, man. <laughs> we never thought this would happen, but here we are. I'm not going to mention the people's names, but I know a person who knows a person, kind of lame to say it like that, but I know a person who knows a person that was happy that the uh, people stormed the Capitol. I'm like, how? People died. Yeah. I, it's tough. It's, it's weird, man. It's just, uh, it's wild. <clears throat> that's, a, that's about all you can say about it. <laughs> and I'll, I'll say this. I feel like, okay, yeah, 2020 sucked. But I feel like it's the pregame. I feel like... 2021 just came out swinging. Dude. <laughs> I, feel, I feel like 2020 was the pregame, and we're, we're in for a haul here. It's it's going to be weird, because when I got that new Corona strain yeah. down in Colorado... Yeah. Wait, what? The mutation? Yeah, they, they, the they, we have it in Colorado now? Okay. Well, that's worse. And that the vaccines either do or do not help? I don't know. I, I just he I keep seeing weird things about the vaccine where it's like if you drink the day before or after, it makes it it renders it like worthless. So I'm like, <laughs> I don't think that can be true. See, I don't see that. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. But when I first see it, I talked to a doctor about it, and what she said was, it's uh, and uh, take all of this with a grain of salt because I don't actually know what I'm talking about. This is what I remember from the conversation. So. Mm-hmm. She said, it's a normal vaccine. It's a, like an mRNA vaccine, I think, is what mm-hmm. she said. You know, like the not DNA, but the uh, RNA, you know. Uh-huh. So she said, several different vaccines are also that type of vaccine. Uh-huh. Uh, so if you've had all your normal shots, which you probably have, 
then you've had this type of vaccine before. And if you didn't die or get hurt or whatever from that, then you're like 99% good. More than 99, like 99 point whatever. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean it can't happen. It doesn't mean like the way he said it was, you know, you can have an allergic reaction to anything Mm -hmm. just because your body's being weird. (laughs) But it's a funny way to put it. (laughs) Would you rather get Corona or would you rather take a point zero 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 one percent chance of like something happening that's bad i don't know i don't know because then you got to think like the the actual virus itself is so different with other people like i had it and it was nothing like but then other people are dying from it and brexton's grandma is in the hospital right now so like it hits people differently but i feel like majority it's not as bad yeah that might yeah. that might be taken just depends what your body how, how it can fight against it yeah but I do know about the the vaccine. Um, you can't so say if you get like a flu shot, mm-hmm. you can't get the corona vaccine. You have to wait two weeks. Interesting. Which I don't know. I don't. I didn't ask why, but they just told me like mm-hmm. you can't. You can't do it. Did you, Mitch? Did you say that the uh, the mutated strand is in Colorado? Yeah, I think they found it there. Oh, that's like, freaky. Uh, like last week. What was it? Like I heard about it in Italy. Uh, I've, I've, I've seen the UK. The UK. UK. Yeah. So I remember hearing that, but I didn't know it was in the States, but it doesn't surprise me. Yeah, it's going to get here eventually, so. Because what I heard is that it's more contagious, but it's not any more deadly. It's just more yeah. contagious. Yeah. Which, but like if it's more contagious, then is it more dead? I don't know. Who cares? Yeah. Like I a, mean, I guess some people care. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the cold, I feel, if it's like more contagious, but not as deadly. Yeah. Like common cold, because it's pretty contagious. I think, Mitch, we're, we're getting close on time here. And All right. I want Cody to ask his third question. Okay. <laughs> so I was at an urgent care yesterday uh, getting like a pre-employment physical done. And you know how urgent care goes. You kind of wait there forever. Yeah. And on the TV was, I think it was the History Channel. And it was oh, the, really? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Some stupid shit like that. And I was looking at it. I was like, what the hell? And it was this conspiracy theory channel or this show. And it was saying... So the questions I asked, the thing I was talking about, do you guys believe there is a civilization on the dark side of the moon? And another point they said about the moon is it could be a machine that aliens brought to Earth. Like a big old satellite. (laughs) Here's the thing about the moon. There's not a civilization on the dark side. There's a civilization inside the moon. The moon is hollow. Okay. okay. So yeah, that's what I was saying. Yeah. It's like a hollow machine. Okay. This is not what I actually believe. I'm just saying this is what I've heard. Uh, <laughs> so if okay, okay, okay. This is this is a question we need to address first. Assuming the moon is a some sort of a craft or a object that the aliens brought uh-huh. to the Earth. <laughs> when did they do that? I don't know what it, I couldn't really hear. 10,000 years ago. Okay, so so <laughs> 10,000 years ago they didn't have when they built the pyramids. Yes. They didn't have the time in the in the ocean. They didn't have whatever else the moon does. I don't know. I just tides, yeah. It's it's, it's you can't just say werewolves. They just popped up one day. Werewolves. Because we have historical records at least far enough back. Mhm. Of like the ocean having waves, which was caused by the moon. Last I checked, helpful. The, the moon helps yeah. with the tides. Yeah. 
I don't. I don't know. I think if we're going to talk about aliens, and I might be going into Alex Jones territory a little bit, but yeah. the the little green man might be in your head, you know. Either that or or the reptilians. I think Dude, Mark the reptilians. is a good uh, candidate for being a reptilian. I mean, look at the guy. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Dude, I remember getting sucked in, not like sucked in, but it's just entertaining watching those videos of like reptiles. Like I, I remember watching videos of like Barack Obama talking and they would pan over to his uh, uh, secret service and like the camera would go kind of grainy and be like, look, it's proof that he's a reptile. His face is changing. You can see <laughs> Dude, it. I was just watching the show. I was like, what the hell is going on? So the moon's hollow. It has a civilization inside the hollow moon. Yes. Riveting stuff. My thing is, have we, do you know, Mitch, have we, like, looked or observed the dark side of the moon? I don't think we have, but wasn't China doing that? Like, That's what I heard China has. A, they were doing it? The last time I, I heard that China were, had but, a, a I mean, telescope. And again, not trying to get too political or anything here, but can we trust them? I don't know, maybe. Yeah. Uh, if they found some sort of alien civilization on the dark side of the moon, are they going to tell people or are they going to try to exploit that for their own gain? I don't know. Dude, I just never heard this theory. I was like, what? what? <laughs> no, because even like flat earthers believe that it's a like it's a moon. It's it's what it is. And it's just orbiting. But it's not we're not on a circular Earth. See, that's what's weird. How can flat earthers? Huh? That's a different topic. Why okay. is the moon a sphere, but the Earth is a, a disk? Yeah, exactly. That doesn't make sense. That's kind of Nobody said these guys were smart, you know. <laughs> that's true. I was I was watching a documentary and it it irritated me. Because the only reason, for the most part, that they believe that the Earth is flat is because they'll go and they'll stand on one side of a sea or a big water body and look over and they can see the land and that there's no curvature. And it was like, there, that's my, that's my proof right there. I don't need anything else. The, the Earth should be curving. But then you have mathematicians come to them and like explain in math and in science and like this is, this is why this happens and here's all these theories and reasons. And I'm like, no, I don't care about your reasons. I can see with my own eye that it's not curving. So whatever you bring me is not true. I'm like, oh my gosh, there's no helping. Well, there's no topic. Did you see the one where it was, it was a, I think it's on Netflix, the flatter documentary or yes. whatever, where they try to prove it with a laser Oh. and they were disproving themselves. Huh? And then they're like, well, we're just going to have to rerun the test. Uh, and you're like, dude, shut up. You're so dumb. <laughs> I did not see that one, but that, that makes me. Oh man, we, <laughs> that we, we makes me so happy. Up. The movie is like a build up. They're like, we're gonna do this test. We're gonna get this laser. They finally do it. And they're like, oh, that doesn't seem right. <laughs> the laser's wrong. No, I took a. Uh, what was the class called? It was basically dealing with science misconceptions, and it's like one of the conversations was uh, flat Earth, and the the teacher, the professor, was talking, and she gave him she gave him as much credit as she could. Like that, that was her basis. Like she would try to understand from their side and then give like the scientific evidence to like, Hey, you're wrong kind of thing. But one thing, some of the flat earthers do believe in like relativity and the ones that believe in relativity, you can use math from that to like make their claims super ridiculous. So like they believe in relativity and they believe that the flat earth is being pushed up by dark matter at a certain speed. So if if you, I, I can't give you everything, but when you factor in using what they believe, like their math, believe in their math, the earth, the flat earth is being pushed up seven times faster than the speed of light. Which is like, no, it doesn't, all of it, so it's being pushed up by dark matter seven times faster than the speed. It doesn't make sense. Like, what are you that's guys talking about? That's impossible, right? Yeah. So, oh, shit. Unless we're in a black hole, right? Oh, uh-oh. 
And that's tricky. All right, Mitch, we got 15 seconds, man. So <laughs> Cody, Cody's going to close this. All right. Well, Mitch, we appreciate you yeah, discussing with us. Uh, we'll get someone else next week, and that's it. Oh, and Thanks. bye.